Welcome to God Talks with Joey Oswald. Good morning, Vietnam! (laughs) There it is, there it is. Alright, today I've got with me my good friend, my cousin, Noah Carpenter. Clap it up for Noah. Remain seated. Remain seated. Remain seated. All right, Noah, give our listeners a quick autobiography of your life. Try to keep it around two minutes. Ready, set, go. I was born. I started, uh, I went to school. Uh, got out of school, started working, and then my cousin Joey was like, let's do a God Talk, so that's where I am now. Oh, wow. That was incredible. That was 15 seconds. I'm, what can I say? I'm kind of You know mad. what? Since we have a minute 45 to spare, why don't you give us some details regarding where you were born, where you went to school, what kind of work you did? I was born in a little town, a little town called Rutstown, Ohio. There's a hospital in Rutstown? You were born at that hospital? Well, I guess I was born in Akron. Okay, yeah, right. there you Actually, go. wait. I wasn't even... I lived in Akron, so you just corrected my own autobiography. There you go. I, I was born in Akron, Ohio. I, I actually did live there for three years, my first three years of my life, and then moved to a little town in Rutstown. That's where I grew up. 330, baby. 330, baby. And uh, went to Rutstown at school. I went to Rutstown, then I went to... Field, Brimfield. I moved all around. Then I found myself in a prestigious, prestigious school called Biomed Science Academy. That sounds way too smart for you. Yeah, my parents thought I was smart. They were so wrong. Okay, FYI, and, Noah is really smart, and, but he acts like he's dumb. All right, go ahead. And then I graduated from Lake. From Lake? Which is where you went. Lake High School, Uniontown, Ohio. Yep, yep. That's it, baby. Is it in Uniontown? It's Harp, though, isn't it? No, Uniontown. Is it Harp? Yeah. Is it Uniontown? That's crazy. And then what did you do once you graduated? Once I graduated, I joined the I joined the military. Joined the military. You did that. And did you that got for out. a little bit. I got out of the military. What did you do after that? I, uh, what was my first job? I worked at Clinton Aluminum. I, uh, I drove a tow motor for Clinton Aluminum and... Packed up metal. Eh, that's two minutes. That's two minutes. That's it. All right. I guess we can spare another minute. So you did Clinton Aluminum. Then Clinton what? Aluminum. Uh, lost my job there for explicit reasons. And got a job at AutoZone. Worked at AutoZone for three years. Climbed the ropes. Became a commercial manager, which is a slightly big deal for anybody that doesn't know. It's not really. Um... Now I'm a, a surveyor. Surveyor now, and you love it outdoors. You got a I great, great farmer's tan. I do. It's outdoor. No, he's a big outdoors guy. But um, his skin doesn't agree with the sun. <clears> but, <throat> no, but he loves the sun no. deep in his heart. All right, now how many broken bones have you had throughout your? How old are you? How old are you? I'm 23. You I'll be, be 24, 24 next month. June 27th. How many broken bones have you had in 23? In 11 months 12. of your life. 12 broken bones. 12. That means you broke one probably every, actually, every two years. Probably actually more than 12. 12 diagnosed. If we include like fingers and stuff. Yeah. But 
12 uh, recorded broken bones. Yes, 12 recorded broken bones. Um, actually, the major ones, which major, I'd say, four. What was the most gruesome? The most gruesome was my leg, oh. which was my first... It was my first official broken bone. I had broken my nose before, and what I had broken a couple of fingers before that, but I fell 35 feet out of a tree. Why were you 35 feet into a tree? Because I was, I was so mad. I wanted this. I was into gaming at the time, and I wanted this gaming mouse for mm. my computer, and I asked my dad to buy it, and he was like, no. I'm like, all right, can, I'll pay you back. Can you just buy it for me? He's like, no, you don't need that. You're already inside too much. You need to be outside working with me. And so I got so mad. You said, I'll go outside. I'll climb a tree right yeah, now. Yeah, I climbed. That was my thing, though. I yeah. you know, I used to have anger issues, and I would get mad, and I would go outside, and I'd climb a tree. It was like a, a come to nature, a come to Jesus moment. I could, I could be one with outside, just climb a tree, and I would literally sit up in a tree for hours. I would just, That's there, there's just some tranquility about it. But that time it didn't work out for didn't me because the branch broke. And I, fell, and I came broke. down. <laughs> There's a gruesome picture of his leg. It's that terrible. Looks, looks like a Z. Looks like it, yeah. It's in disgusting. all different ways. All right, so the nature of this, this interview, really, I'm interested in so many different topics. I love learning about people. But that just can kind of get out of hand, and those conversations can last hours. So, for sure. I mean, even this conversation could, but that's why I want to primarily focus on, I'm really interested in God, G-O-D, capital G, because I think the most important... Capital O, capital D. Yeah, you can capitalize all of them. But I Good think the, opposite dimensions. The most important question, personally, is does God exist? Because if he exists, it's of the utmost importance, and you should spend your life chasing after God. And if he doesn't exist, well, then it doesn't matter. We can do whatever we want. But even within that, some people believe in God and still think we can do whatever we want. Some people don't believe in God and still think there's a greater purpose to life than just giving into the desires of our flesh. And so I think that's the, the most important question we can ask ourselves. And so that's what I'm really interested in. So that's my question. Do you believe in God? And then... Why or why not? Do you believe in God or you don't believe in God? Do I believe in God? Absolutely. Why or why not? I mean, that's just, it's such a tricky question. I mean, how it the is. heck do we know? That's how what's beautiful heck about the question. Do we know? But that's what's such a, it makes it such a trifling question. It really boggles the mind. Yeah, it's a standard um, yes or no question to do you believe in God or do you not? But then the, the reasoning behind it can can be limitless there's so many different directions it can go so what would you say i'm asking you well why do you believe in god well i i you know to be honest uh i'm a science man myself and and i and i branched away from the belief of god i i, I was raised in a baptist church a good old southern baptist church strict baptist very strict and uh Got older and, you know, started to be able to think for myself. I had a few ideas, um, you know, different things, Big Bang Theory, stuff like that, that I would bring to my church and say, hey, this is, like, proven. It's real. It happened. And I was uh, uh, shunned for it. It was it was not. Everybody was like, oh, what a rebel this kid is. And so I, uh, I kind of branched off. I almost stopped believing. I, I did, actually, for, for probably a year. I, I, I didn't believe anymore. 
and I just kept, I don't know, it's a topic that means a lot to me because, I mean, that's something I was raised doing and to, to have that, I don't want to say like have it stripped away from you, but to have like so many complications in my own mind to push me to not even believe it, just I, I never stopped digging. Yeah, well, you're saying we have this scientific, empirical data right here in front of us proving that the Big Bang Theory actually had, well, not proving technically, but that's what most people believe, the Big Bang Theory happened, and you didn't see an issue with that aligning with your, your belief in God, but no, you're saying I mean, the Baptist Church did, and they kind of just shut down your questions. Yeah, shut it down, said it wasn't real. Um, you know, it's like, it's like uh, I mean, the Big Bang Theory, I mean, some people, most people believe in it, some people... That's why I just say, like, yes, it's it, it, it's true, but at the same time, science, you can never say 100%. No, it's not 100%. But, I mean, we track it down to two atoms, hydrogen mm. and helium. Did scientists just say that? Did some scientists in the 60s and 70s just say, oh, this is it? I don't know. But, mm -hmm. I mean, there is research backing it up. Exactly. And so it's it's kind of like a thing where you got to think, you know, well... I think the hard part for me was the strictness of religion couldn't invite other beliefs because to me when I think about the Big Bang Theory, it's we uh, there was it, it, like I said, it's tracked down to two atoms. Where'd the atoms come from? We can't right. even prove that, you know. So that's kind of what held you, even though you got all this pushback and it might have questioned your your strict beliefs that you grew up with, well, you realize, well, even though the Big Bang Theory is true, we still had to have something to, to give us those materials to start the Big Bang Theory. Right. Therefore, there had to be something outside of right. space, something, time, and matter. Something had to do it. So that, that just logical reasoning of saying, hey, something had to put those two atoms there, or even if it wasn't someone something had to spur those two atoms which therefore there's something beyond just the big bang theory which ultimately led to your rekindling of your belief in god mm -hmm. all right so you said you were raised baptist what i mean anyone can go online and google what baptists believe but what would you say baptists believe like if someone asked you okay you're baptist what does that mean what would you say um Christian, I'd have to say Baptist. Christian uh, denomination. Yeah, Christian. Yeah, that, uh, I have a hard time saying that word. Hard to tell you. Um, Christian denomination, and well, we believe in accepting Jesus Christ as your Savior. You need to be baptized, bathed, and reborn. Um, they call it bathed in the blood of the Lamb. Um, uh, from the Bible story, if you know of it, um, and then you are reborn, and <clears throat> after that, you know, we kind of believe as long as you uh, ask for forgiveness, God will give it to you, and and so we, uh, yeah, I mean, we're not we're not as strict as like a Catholic. You can't do this, can't do that, can't do this. We kind of we live semi freely, but. A lot of Baptist church, I mean, that's where the term Southern Baptist comes right. in. Is they are strict because if you aren't living solely by what they believe you should live by, uh, it, like I said, you can be like shunned. That's what actually Just like with the Big Bang Theory, like, yeah. yeah. 
it's what turned my whole family away is, is you did something that the majority of the church thought wasn't really, um, for instance, you said shit in front of your kids. Mm-hmm. Everybody's like, oh, you know, and it's like, no, did my parents even curse in front of me? No. Did I get cursed in front of? Yes. Did the church shun my parents because my aunt cursed in front of me? Yes. It right. was like they were strict. So in instead ways. of being all loving, just as Christ tells us to be, you're saying that the church was kind of the opposite of that. And if they see these negative influences in your life, instead of loving you more, they're kind of pushing you away. Pushing you away. Which is absolutely. The yeah, of absolutely. What you do. It, it really was, even my whole family noticed it while I was, when I was having a hard time too. Mm-hmm. And they actually, and this probably helped push me away from God because I was raised, you know, in it. But my family yeah. even got to the realization of, I should say my parents, got to the realization of the judgmentalness and the yeah. um, negativity that that has. And they actually pulled us out of that church. Um, and that's so sad because we, I mean, the Christian denomination, we believe in a, a loving God. But at the same time, the people in these positions of authority are being very hateful and are being the opposite of what it should be. And I just think that's very sad and ultimately led to your family just completely leaving the church in general. And mm-hmm. recently, I mean, your family's been going to a, a non-denominational church, which is what I attend. And it's just completely, it's a world of a difference. Like you even said that you don't feel comfortable being there because it's not like you were raised. Because yeah. it's one, you're like, this isn't church because you just had this narrow concept of what church should be, but then you realized, wow, this actually isn't what it should be, but you're having a hard time conforming to another idea of what church is because you were raised with such strict conditions. Yeah. And so how would you say your quest to be a part of another church since you guys left the Baptist church? What has that been like? You said you, you guys tried out a bunch of different churches for a we while. Did. We did, and, and eventually, honestly, my parents just kind of uh, gave up, if you will, mm-hmm. um, and we didn't really go. Um, my my siblings started going when we became adults. Mm-hmm. Um, to drive yourself. And right, to drive ourselves and go, and, and my siblings did go. My brother does not. I don't. Um, I don't go to church, which is, is honestly bad on me. And I, I, I have to be completely honest with you. I, I don't think I will start going to church again until if the day comes that I have children. I will raise them in a church. But just and because I, you don't go to church or your parents don't go to church doesn't mean you don't believe in God or doesn't mean that you're a Christian. Right. Because I hate there's atheists, people who don't believe in God, who are more loving and I'd say ultimately more Christ-like even though they don't believe in God and don't go to church, then some people within the church. Yeah. You know? And so... Yeah, for sure. And it's a... I mean, it's all a circumstantial um, bit, and it's just it just comes down to a, a person. And the funny part is, it's like a lot... I, I've met atheists like that, too. They're just exactly. loving, and it's, and it's almost like <laughs> they're better Christians than a lot of Christians yes. that I know. But they don't see it that way, I guess, is a way to put it. Definitely. Um, and the church has, has turned people away from religion in general. Um, so I'd say you tell people that you're a Christian or even that you believe in God and they automatically assume all these stereotypical things about you, that you hate gay people and that you 
just all these different things that they automatically put on you, just like the political divide. You identify as a Democrat or a conservative because they love to put you in these boxes, even though you can be right down the middle of the line, but you're not right enough for the left and you're not left enough for the right. And so they just try to categorize you into these, into these boxes, you know? Well, I mean, the, 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 the gay thing is, is just a huge thing that sums that up. You know, it's like, I, I want to see where in the Bible it says anything about against being gay. The only thing it says, it does say that a man is to love a woman and, and stuff like that. But it, it's not like putting out guidelines, if you will. Like, these, those are beliefs that, I mean, even some of the simpler beliefs that, you know, I, I, we can go into a lot more detail, but I'll sum it up right now on me personally, like swearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like swearing has become this big sin, and I'm making quotation marks with my hands. Uh, mm. A big sin for me personally. I don't. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think it really matters. I don't think that those are the issues that God is focused on. Right. I think. I think He wants us to be true to Him, true to ourselves, be good people, help one another, help thy neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's what. He want, in, in my own eyes, I mean, who the heck am I? But in my own eyes, that's how I, I, I read the Bible, and that's how I see it. Right. He wants us to honor thy neighbor, you know, honor thy father, be there for your family, be there for your friends, be there for anybody. You see a homeless guy on the side of the road, talk to him. What's the situation? Absolutely. That, Dude, that's I can what help Jesus you. did, man. The, exactly. The that, that's all he did. He, he went around, he helped people. A blind man made him, made him see the sick woman with the child made made her better. Mm-hmm. You know, all, all these uh, people that that's what Jesus did. He just went around and he spread the good word of God. Exactly. And he and he helped people. And I think that that is what, um, yeah, that's what God wanted. You know, like, yeah. like stuff like curse words. Is he didn't want I, us to focus on these strict doctrinal issues. Rather, he wanted us to focus on loving each other and that's what it says you know god is love and we're to we're to love each other more than or as we love ourselves which yeah i think it's huge but you had said something that i think is is super interesting because you said although the church has done so much harm to you personally you will start going back to church when you have kids so is, is there a reason do you think the church is good for kids do you think kids shouldn't go to church i mean obviously not because you want your kids to go to church so What's your reasoning? Even though the church has has done a lot of harm, why would you still want your kids involved in that? Absolutely, I I think that um, I think that it was the personal church that I went to. I think it'll be a very hard thing to find if I have a kid. I'll have to when he's a baby. I'll have a few years to find a church because I don't want to go to. Excuse me. Uh, like my sister loves this faith family mm-hmm. church, and it's this huge huge thing big and I denominational church I do not want to take my kids to a church like that like a big rock band on stage absolutely because I, I do want my kids to have like what I had even though my my church was very strict and everything we were all like a family mm. in that church it was a small a small church we were everyone helped everyone when we needed some, you know these big churches uh, and I know you like some of them too but mm-hmm. these big churches to me it's all a money thing and I don't think that's what it's really yeah. about and I think and, that's that's partially you categorizing people into these boxes, just like we were saying, because you were 
that's part of the belief that you were raised with. Because like you said, you guys had this tight community and it was mm-hmm. it was family. So you putting your kids in church, well, all of a sudden you're part of this bigger family and you don't necessarily get that in a bigger church. But at the same time, I'm sure at the smaller church you were at, they probably didn't talk very positively about those bigger churches. And yeah. that leads to your belief in, well, it's just all about money. And you know, just as your little church had its faults obviously big churches do too but at the same time your belief that it's all about money stems from or do you think that it stems from you being a part of a smaller church versus being raised in a bigger church i i think that stems more from i'm just a very realist person Mm. and i can't even really say anything bad about the people that run those big churches i I'm. I mean, you can't tell me not that the the, the main pastors in the big churches are not making a killing. It's absurd. And, you see and, it. Sneaker uh, preachers and sneakers is Instagram account. I think it's awesome, and it just it'll take pictures of these high profile pastors wearing five thousand dollars shoes. Yes, they're they're making a killing, and 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 here's the thing. I'm not even talking crap on them. You're not I'm even not, anti-money. You're all no, about money. I'm about to say, I'd do the same thing. If I yeah. went to be a pastor, I'd do the same thing. I'd do it all for the money. Not yeah. all of it, but you know what I mean. I would definitely be out for the money. Right. But but you'd spend your money differently is what you're saying? I. <laughs> that's the thing. I'm just judgmental. I don't think I, I might not even. I might right. be just the same way. But I, I think that for me, just going to that church, taking me out of that situation completely, mm-hmm. me going to that church, I don't think... That it would have the, um, I, I I don't believe that it would be the same community that like I grew up. So in the community is the big thing. The big for thing you. is is even though that's they were awesome. strict in that church, but I do want to find a church mm-hmm. that's small that isn't like the one that I grew up in. I want to find one that's nice that is still that community because it was such a big part. So of So do my, you think ba- all Baptist churches are like your church, or would you try to find a Baptist church? I would probably try to find an on. Um, uh, non-denominational non-denominational okay church that was small. smaller has a tight-knit community yeah and you think that's important do you think that's more important because of how they instill those values that you were raised with or just for the community i think yeah uh, i think it, it you could even call it a selfish thing but i think it would um instill a, a core belief because for me i should branch out and say this first when i if and uh, hopefully win, but if I have children, um, I think I would want them to be raised in a, not, I, I want them to be raised in a church, I'll correct that. And once they get to a certain age, maybe 13, 14, 15, when they're starting to be able to think for themselves, same age I was when I was figuring things mm-hmm. out and having questions, I think is when I will be more real with them. Okay. And be like, so are you going to force them to no. go to church until yes. they reach yes. like a certain age? Yes, I will make them go to church as children, and that, and that that puts it that makes it sound terrible, but I will take them to church every Sunday. I mean, we as force children our kids and, to, to take showers right, to go like, to school. So, right, exactly. <laughs> That's so parenting. It, it, I mean, I will take them to church every Sunday um, until they get to the age where they can question it, and at that point in time, I think I would sit any one of my kids down and say. You know, just talk to them about it, and and, and then at that point, because that's your personal experience. Exactly. At, at that point, I think my kids are free to believe whatever they want. And even you're if, gonna, even if my you're kid gonna love to them and, regardless. Exactly. Even if my kid came to me and said, "I don't believe in God," I mm-hmm. would do my best to 
coerce them. You know, I would try and preach the gospel and yeah. tell them things and try and show them, but I would not force it upon them. That's awesome. I, I would, once they, like I said, I would take them and once they hit a certain age where I can see them thinking for themselves, I would sit them down and, and talk to them about it. And if it's yeah. something that they wanted to continue to do to follow, um, mm-hmm. to follow the gospel and continue to, to, to go, I will take them. No problem. And if you're going to love them regardless, exactly. cause that's how it's, it's that's up to how them. Christ at that loves us. That's Cause I think, incredible. I think that, I mean, my, the, the way I was raised, you know, kind of turned me away in a way, and I'm still not even as close to mm-hmm. God as even you are. You know what I mean? I, I have my well, own I think way it's of... very subjective because mm-hmm. it's outward appearance. Exactly. You see me and... doing these Christian things and automatically think that I'm closer to God. And, and I think ultimately what I'm getting at is that that's not true. I see the, the people who go to church every Sunday, and like you were saying, they're very hateful people. And so automatically doing these sort of quote-unquote Christian things doesn't make you closer to God. But I think at the same time, we do these Christian things because it's proven to ultimately, if you do it with the right heart, then it can lead you that way and can lead you closer to God. And it's a step you can take to make you closer to God. Mm-hmm. But um, one question I have is, you did, or you did say that you believe in God and you talked about your experience with the church, but now your belief in God how does that impact your day-to-day life? Do you think about God every day? Do you think about your past every day? Does it impact the decisions that you make, the work that you do, the things that you say? How does ultimately your belief in the Christian God impact your day-to-day life? I, I would have to say that I'm, I'm not a big... Uh, I, I, don't, I don't pray that often. You know, I, you could consider me... Well, I should, this is more than beliefs from that small church, but... You know that small church would consider me not a very good Christian. I don't. I don't pray that often. I don't. I don't. But but I I take again what I can what I can conceive as what he wants from mm-hmm. us, and I apply it every day. As in, just being a good human, being there for the people that I can be, doing what I can, giving uh, when I can. You know, just yeah. absolutely trying to better the world in my own way. That I can't change the world. Am I gonna try? You're daggone straight. I, I, mm-hmm. I, every day I try to make the world a better place. You do. And that's, that's contagious. Because like you said, yeah, you don't necessarily talk about your Christian beliefs all the time. Or, or you don't outwardly appear as someone who would go to church every Sunday. But at the same time, you're the, like one of the most loving people I know. And you care more about people than probably... You're one of the... the pe- what am I trying to say? You appear... Like someone who has the Christ-like love that, that we read in the gospel, you appear that way without forcing your, your opinions on people and without even discussing it sometimes. And so how would you say that those beliefs actually play into how you act? Are you thinking about being like Jesus? Or are you thinking about, no, this is just the right thing to do because I was taught? Or is that just something within you morally? Um, I, I would say I think about being like Jesus. Um, I, I don't, uh, I will say that you might even be a little biased to this part of me because I don't normally talk about Christianity and preach the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, I, I just do it to you because I have a couple friends that don't believe. Right. And, and I do to them. And, and you I, don't, you and don't, and don't stop I don't being force friends it. with them. Right now. And I don't <laughs> force it. 
but I, 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 I make comments, you know, I, I, you I look at things and I, you know, yeah, by the grace of God, that's, you know, mm-hmm. fantastic, you know, so something will happen and I'll kind of preach, uh, the gospel in a way that I think that, you know, and sometimes like, uh, my best friend, Chris, mm-hmm. um, does not believe and and a lot of times he just, just tells me, oh, don't even give me your stupid mm-hmm. gospel stuff. And, but I, you know, I'm humble about it and mm-hmm. I, and I take it and I just try and show him as best as I can. Yeah. I can't change somebody's mind and, and will they change their mind? You know, even if they did change their mind, it wasn't me. They changed their mind. God touched them in wow. a way that they changed their mind. Dang. I didn't change their mind. So I can't. You're not taking the credit. No, I can't force it on them. I can just show them God's way as best as I can. And, That's my hope that they um, can grasp it in the way that I have. I mean, just like with this whole thing, you worked your way up at AutoZone. Well, some stuff happened. You realized that wasn't the place that you were supposed to be. But what happened? Another door opened for another you. Door, another door opened. That's way better. You enjoy your life. Your overall happiness goes up. You get to be outside. You have more freedom. You you don't dread going to work every day. Yep. And so do you chalk that up to you? Or do you chalk that up to God? Or do you chalk that up just chance? I chalk that up to... Um, a little bit of all of it, Joey. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I, I choke it up. To, I don't think that. I I'll even say that I don't like when something good happens to someone, and they say God did it, because I I think as much as, um, and and I'm a little bit biased, and I'm gonna get on something that we might go a little bit over our time, but um, my grandmother, who is the most godly person I know, got cancer, mm-hmm. and I was very angry with God I I couldn't understand I said why Mm -hmm. but you know God gave us free will Mm -hmm. and unfortunately that becomes part of the free will he he didn't do it unfortunately and fortunately exactly and and so the same thing kind of applies I think with doors that open do I think God has a part of it yeah I mean he's he's helping us all the time Mm -hmm. do I do I think that it also just yeah it's also part of free will you know, it, it, I love that. It, you know, it, it, I, I don't like it when people are like, God made this happen for me. I'm like, well, no. You know, it, yes, he's there with you all the time and you believe in him and, and hopefully good things will happen, but we do have the free will. And, and that's where. So this, this vision that you have or this idea that you have of God, well, just the fact that you believe in God and you said you went through a period of doubt, which I believe everyone does, what ultimately led you to the conclusion for you to give a definite answer of yes god exists science or philosophy or reading the bible divine revelation will ultimately led you to yep god exists and he, he doesn't exist in this baptist turn in this baptist sense that i was raised in but yeah god exists and jesus christ is his son what led you to that conclusion Science. Mm. <laughs> you don't hear that often. No, but I'd have to say science. Science can't disprove it. Science actually proves it more. Um, the the proof of Jesus Christ and all that stuff. And how how does science prove God? There's there's still remains of of. Um, oh, I'm gonna sound like a terrible Bible reader right now. The wall. What wall fell, Jake? Uh, Well, this is terrible. The, the wall that collapsed. 
Oh, Jericho. Jericho. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That wall still exists. The... Archaeological evidence. Archaeological evidence. Things prove things prove Jesus existed. Things, uh, you know, the, the yeah. Some people still try to hold on to the I know. claim that Jesus didn't even exist. I know, and and it's and it's been proven, and and it's it's stuff like that that I look and then I I think about life, and and this is actually I shouldn't say just science because this is another thing I think about life, mm-hmm. and I say how and where did we come from? Okay, I can listen to the science of the Big Bang Theory, all that stuff. Again, that doesn't even prove the beginning of it, though. Right. You know, I, I look at it as how can us as humans create anything even comparable to our world and universe that we have? Mm-hmm. We can't. We cannot. Yeah. Something made this. Something so created this. That led you back to the two atoms, and I'm trying to just define what you're getting at. So is what led you to this conclusion. You thought back, okay, the Big Bang Theory, yeah, plus all, all this archaeological evidence that proves the Bible to be true in a sense. Okay, well, the Big Bang Theory happened, but what about those two atoms? How did that get there? Is that what that's you're getting I, at? Yeah, that's where I just say there okay. was someone there to so you're saying, snap their finger. You're ultimately saying the most rational conclusion is that those two atoms, or whatever, I don't know, science... But whatever the materials were that started the Big Bang, hydrogen and helium, either came from nothing or it came from something. And you're saying, okay, obviously it came from so- something. Something. And then that led something. you to a belief in God, plus the archaeological evidence to to it's corroborate up. the it's Bible. Up. Yeah. So science, up. human reasoning, led you to this conclusion of a belief in God. Yep. Wow. So with that belief in God plus your upbringing with the Baptist church and you not belong to a church now, what is your ultimate goal in life? My ultimate goal is life in life is to make the best life for myself in a way that I can make the best life for the people around me. And do you think you wanting to make the best life for the people around you stems from your belief in God because it's not just all about you? I think it... Uh, Yes and no. I, th- I think it stems from because that. Because there's people the who that... don't believe in God who care more about yeah. other people than they do themselves. Absolutely. So and that, that doesn't... Those are great people. And yeah. I can't say that it's solely... I can't say that I I, I solely tell... You know, say I want to do the best for people around me because of God. Mm-hmm. I think my... I think it's a, a core belief, though, of like I was saying earlier, like mm-hmm. wanting to be like Jesus, wanting to spread good, wanting to do that. It's Absolutely. almost just a core um, piece of me that it's... It, when I pay for someone's dinner, I, I don't... All the time you do. I don't think of it like, yeah, I'm like, Jesus, I just bought his dinner. I don't even think about it like that. I just do it. But it's just a core... Um, so do you think we're born with this moral sense? No. No? No. I think that you're born and... As a and, blank slate? Yeah. And so you're you raised... So you think your upbringing and, has a lot to do with it, and yeah, that's and why you want to put your and kids... you're manipulated in different ways, and your huh. brain will... Everybody's brain is different, though. I mean, to, to add to that, yeah, kind of. You are born in a way because right. your brain will think in a certain way. Um, mm-hmm. That's how you're created. Well, what about the people who grew up with traumatic experiences? Their parents only think about themselves, but yet they still are like you and think about other people because their upbringing would, be, would contradict their way of thinking, but yet they turn out to be a completely polar opposite of the way that they were born. So is that God? 
or is that observance and saying, hey, I don't think this is the right way to do things? I think it's how they perceive God. But it, and that's still not even true in the same sense because like you were saying earlier, there's atheists that are the mm-hmm. nicest people in the world. And that's what I'm getting at. Is and, I, and I think it's just, just it's just people. Yeah. It's, it's how you want to be. I want to be this way whether I be an atheist or it's a, a, a God follower. It's I, psychology. I, I do it because I want to spread um, happiness and good like God wants me to. And that is one of the main reasons why I personally do it. Other people personally do it for their own reasons. I mean, there's mm-hmm. there's no telling really what what that's the thing is. is. I just love it because I've just come to know the most godly people who are so freaking amazing. It makes you cry. But I've also come to know that these people, or some people who don't believe in God, appear just as amazing. And they they're so selfless and they're the most loving people. And they get a bad rap because, like I said, we categorize people into either atheists or believers. And based on that, we have these presuppositions. Okay, if you're an atheist, you're a hateful person. Oh my gosh, that's so not true. Mm-hmm. I have people who love me better than Christians. I have people who are atheists that are better to me and care more about me than other Christians who attend my church. And there's tons of different reasons that play into that. But ultimately, it's just people are good people even if they're not a Christian. And Absolutely. I think that... Yeah, like you said, you want to raise your kids in that type of community in order to increase their chances of becoming a productive member of society. But at the same time, we have these people who are atheists, never been to a church, and they're even better producers of good things within society. And so it's just this trying to comb through how does God play into our everyday life and how does his existence ultimately lead to how we live our life. And I just think that your testimony, your, uh, just everything that you've been through, man, your whole life is just, it's just been incredible in a sense that it's a roller coaster, but you've turned out to be so unlike how anyone who viewed your life would expect you to turn out because of all the turmoil, all the heartbreak, all the, the church shunning you, all these different things you'd expect you to be so hateful. And honestly, you'd probably expect you to not believe in God because the people who led you to this belief in God were so hateful towards you. But instead you came out with this optimistic attitude. And so do you think you were born with that optimistic attitude with this saying, Hey, yeah, this sucks, but let's make the best of it. Or do you think that's something that you acquired or what? I think I was born with it. You were born with it. I think I was born with it. I think even when I had hardships as a child, which you know about, mm-hmm. um, I don't think my, uh, my love was ever any different. Mm. Um, my love for just people, my love for my family, um, never faded as many bad things as I did. Yeah. I, I now am in a place, uh, a better place mentally, you know, whatever, that mm-hmm. I can express that love in just such a different way, in a more positive way. And you do, man. You are, I don't know, it's just incredible the love that you have for for people it's super inspirational coming from a place of looking at where you came from to where you are now and it's just so inspirational that's why I just really wanted to talk to you and I mean we're 40 minutes in but we could really talk hours about it because there's so many things you left out and that you didn't want to get into that that led to who you are right now and there's there's one other thing I mean we could talk about God 
forever. On our four-hour drive to Cincinnati, we talked about God pretty much the whole time. But one other thing that I'm super interested in, other than God, philosophy, theology, science, is people's day-to-day habits. And ultimately, that culminated in my, my interest in people's morning routine. Because you read about all these famous people, these super successful people, and they get up early, they work out, they do all of these things before they even start their day. So what does your morning routine look like? Typically, um, get up probably an uh, hour and a half before I need to be at work. Uh, works about a 15-minute drive. I get up, I shower, um, get dressed, I go down, I make a little snack. I'm not a big breakfast guy. I'll make a little snack to eat, and I pack my lunch, and watch some normally watching something on my phone not gonna lie so no prayer no reading your bible and somehow you still turn out to just love people somehow somehow you're still this loving person even though you don't wake up and do all these things that people tell us that we need to do i uh you know i i I try to be positive no matter what a perfect example i work outside Mm -hmm. and i have a co-worker that uh works with me and he if it starts raining he is so upset (laughs) He's so upset. He gets so mad. So I, I, when I get up, part of my morning routine, which, I mean, it's just something I do. It's mm-hmm. never that routine, but mm-hmm. I check the weather. I see what the weather's going to be like, and I mm-hmm. see it's going to be a fantastic day, or I see that it's going to rain, and I have to adjust my whole attitude for the day to make sure I'm going to be as positive as can be. Um, you know, last rainstorm that we had, it was storming. We had this crazy job that we had to walk on. We were just getting downpoured and soaked, and he was getting so mad. And so I just took my hat off, and, you know, my hair is curly and kind of long on top, and I got on my phone, and I played pour some sugar on me. <laughs> and we had this uh, uh, GPS unit on a pole uh, that we used, and I just set it down, and I flipped my hair back, and I started mm-hmm. dancing to the song just to make him laugh. Did, to, did he to laugh? Have, he did, he did. He, That's he, your goal, he, man. He You're willing to do anything to make people smile, to make people feel loved, to make people have a great day. And that's just the difference between you and a lot of other people that I've met is I know if I called you, and I, t- I tell you this all the time, I know if I called you right now and said, no, I need you here, or even just I want you here, you would drop whatever you were doing and you would come here. And that's I mean, that's brotherhood right there. And that's beautiful because you can see that within the Christian church, but also you can just see that in humanity. You know what? You have people who have never even heard of the Christian church and they're beautiful humans just like you are. But there's such a stigma right now especially within the United States, that you either have to be a Christian to be a good person or you don't believe in God and you're a bad person. We found that to be, to be false. And I think that's just beautiful. But I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. And I, I really did love this talk. And I know we're definitely going to do this a few more times because this is just incredible. There's a lot more that you have to share and that I think anyone, I mean, if anyone ever listens to this, but they need to hear as well because your whole life story is incredible. It's just so inspirational to to everyone. And and with that being said, we're about to end this, but do you have any final remarks or or advice for people? I, I love to ask people advice like when they were my age, what advice would they give me? And obviously we're the same age, so that that question doesn't necessarily apply, but what advice would you give to me? in order to make me live my best life. Have fun every day. Every day. Have fun every day.
even if it's a bad day, you're going to find something to make it a positive day. Uh, you literally have to make every day a joy. Wow. Even if it's raining, you can, you even can take if it's your raining, hat off. You take, and... take your hat off and flip your hair around and dance to pour some sugar on me. you got to make every day a fantastic day. Gosh dang it. All right, Noah Carpenter, there you have it. A very small portion of his life, but it's a beautiful talk with you, Noah. I super, I'm just super grateful to have you in my life, and, and I appreciate you taking the time to talk with me. Thank you for having me. God bless. Thank you for listening to God Talks with Joey Oswald.